All right. Uh, it's no Will Brinson. <laughs> Wally Pip. <laughs> Wally Pip Brinson. He's not here, Brady. He's it's no Pete Prisco and Brady Quinn. No yeah. Will Brinson. Which, you know what that means? We're not going to be straying off on tangents all the time. I know there's been some reviews. People have been complaining about that, but... Look, when Will's here, they're here to stay. Will's not here this week, so I, I think we're going to be able to stay on track with our discussions. Can I just say this and get it out of the way? Yeah. Will Brinson is on vacation in Disney World with his family. He takes his son there. He's enjoying all the stuff that I hate Disney World because I hate I hate Disney World. Okay, Why? can I say that over and over again? It's like a magical Ugh, place. Orlando traffic. People don't know where they're going, and a bunch of kids. Nothing I really want to be around. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. So, Will Brinson can't stop tweeting. Enjoy your vacation with your family. Well, look, if you're taking your child to Disney World, it's not a vacation for you. It's a vacation for the child. That's how you have to look at it. By the way, I love kids. I just like being like when I when my brother brings his son around or my other brother brings his son around, they go home. Yeah, you like you like to give them back. You're, yeah, you're, uh, yeah, you're like my, my like yeah. grandparents. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you, your parents like, is probably the same. Way oh yeah, kids. they tell you all the time. They love them, but then they like to give them back. Yeah. So, uh, but still, stop tweeting, right? Look, disconnect. Take some time away. Enjoy. This is a magical moment, literally, with your son, with your family. Enjoy it. Uh, dis- disconnect. That's the problem. We're, we're, we're addicted to it. We don't even realize that we're addicted to our phones now. It's a sad thing. And, and we'll, unfortunately, had actually, we'll, we need to have an intervention. I've actually had a good week of not tweeting that much this week. Good for I, you. I've, I've stayed away. I didn't tweet my. I sent out Ooh, one tweet about Game of Thrones. I was watching a movie, Thrones. by the way, the other day. Yeah, I thought of you. Uh, the Mule. Have you seen it with Clint Eastwood? No, is it good? It's really good. I heard it. You'd good. like that. Yeah, you'd like that movie. I like. I like. And it's a true story. Too. So when you're not tweeting, you can watch the Mule. I will watch the Mule. You should. It's good. I, see, and I watch Game of Thrones. You don't watch Game of Thrones. I watch Game of Thrones. What do you think of that? I know we're three days later, but we haven't been on since then. Yeah, um, I, I've liked this so far. I, I, I have no complaints about it. Okay, Look. I didn't like. I, I said this out loud. And I said it to Brinson. I said it on Twitter. I thought episode number three stunk. I don't want to see White Walkers fighting and, and all that. When you got little fatty over there. What's his name? Uh, the he, fat he should kid. be dead. Well, he should he, be dead. He's, you got the most feared fighters in the planet run out with their, with their, uh, you know, flaming swords. Going, yeah. And they're gone in two seconds, but fatty's over there fighting them off with his, with his thing. Come yeah, on. no, he, he should be dead. Look, they, they've lost their edge a little bit. Or chubby. Whatever. Maybe he's not yeah. fat. Yeah. He- uh, heavy. We'll heavy, call him heavy, 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 husky. Uh, like heavy. they used to call me when I used to go get clothes when I was a kid. So he, he should be dead. <laughs> um, there probably should have been some more people who died off too, right? Um, but look, again, I'm holding hope that it's all going to come full circle, and then everyone's probably going to die in this next week's episode. So I've, I've the fifth some, episode, usually, it, it's the episode before the final episode of a season. I've got some inside information, but I, I, I don't want to. But hear. you know what? When I give out inside information, sometimes it doesn't come true. <laughs> That's a shot at myself. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Kyler Murray's not going to go first overall. Oh wait, here is he? You're in a tough business. You got to you got to no. trust people. Yeah, it's hard yeah. To trust sometimes they don't. They're not trustworthy. But um, yeah, inside information from next week. You haven't been reading about that. You no, heard that? I, I don't, I'm going to tell you. Ready? Right I'm going to tell you. Want me to tell you? No. <laughs> for the podcast. I'm a spoiler. I walk oh, around. I used to do that to kids all the time when people I was in stop school. Listen to the podcast. As Did soon you see as you that movie? It. No, I haven't seen it yet. Well, you know what happens? Did you go see the Avengers? I have not. I have not. I have not seen one Marvel. You know movie. what it stinks though? Remember like when you used to go to the movie theaters and you actually like really looked forward to going to the movie theaters? I just, I never get that way anymore. Like when my wife and I have a chance to go on a date, we're not like, oh, let's go to the movies. Like we never, like dinner and a movie. Nah, it's like, we just, we're like, oh, we'd rather just go to dinner and we would rather come back and eventually watch it once it comes out. I'm the same way, but my, I'm probably a little different than you. My whole thing is I don't want to go to a movie where there's people around me. 
Right. So, or the sticky floors, the sticky oh, chairs. You know, we used watch to that no, place. We used to. I, I actually, when I go to movie, I go to a daytime movie if I used to go. Ooh, and, and I haven't gone in a long time. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Nobody around. And then like the early bird special. Oh, not just because of that. I just want, don't want people around. Yeah. So you go in, you sit down, you go to a movie that's been out for a while. Usually nobody in there. You're like sitting in a row and some guy comes in and sits like two rows over and he's right behind you. It's so you know awkward. what I do? Yeah. I get up and move. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do. I move. I, I think we're, we're pulling Will Brinson right now. Right, we're straying right. way off topic. That's all right. We're going to get back on topic. We're going to talk some uh, cowboys. Amari Cooper has lofty demands for a contract. Should he get a big contract? Will he get a big contract? Should he get his deal done before Dak Prescott? Who's more valuable? Mm. Come on. It's You're not a big believer in Dak Prescott. Um, yeah, but I could still admit that Dak Prescott's more valuable. You've been stealing my damned if you do, damned if you don't line too much, too, by the way. I said it once today. You've Pete. been stealing it. I'm, I'm, no. I, I trademarked that. You didn't you realize. Do? Yeah, you owe me. <laughs> <laughs> but... But it's spot on, though. You agree with that 100%. You have to pay them almost because if you don't, you're in big trouble. Well, look, I think this is just basic economics, right? Like people get outraged by what you pay quarterbacks now. And the bottom line is there's a market rate for it something. Like, like for example, cars. Cars are freaking expensive now, dude. Like, you know, we've got two kids. We're probably going to be, you know, working on a third year soon. And and eventually, like, you got to have, like, a minivan or SUV or something. The cost of those vehicles now has gone up exponentially since I remember when I was young. And, and the crazy thing is, you know, people don't bat an eye at that. They're like, oh, just, you know, it's what it costs now, right? Well, that's what it costs for a franchise quarterback. Like, if the Dallas Cowboys think Dak Prescott's their franchise quarterback, he's probably going to bid about 30 million average annual salary per year. Now, none of that matters because all that matters is your total guarantee at signing. Really that and then total guarantees in the contract. That's the commitment the team's actually making. So forget the fluff of the the term, how long the deal is, the total you know money on the actual deal. Look at what's guaranteed, and once that once those guarantees are done with, the, the team no longer really you know is is holding the quarterback. They've got all the leverage; they can move on if they want to. Well, and here's the other uh, misconception about paying quarterbacks: this whole idea. Well, you get the young quarterback, and you you build your roster around him. You don't have to pay him. Well, eventually, you're gonna have if he's good, you want to pay him, right? I mean, ideally, you don't want to have a cheap quarterback and then let him go. You want to pay him, you know. But that now everybody, all the trendy analytics guys, they jump in and they say, "Oh no, you, you build your team around a cheap quarterback and go from there." But eventually, you hope he's good. You're going to have to pay him. It, it's crazy to me, right? Because that worked um, for Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks, right? Because um, they they got him in the third round. Which let's be honest, Tom Brady, the Patriots got lucky. Very the Patriots the got dynasty, lucky. The dynasty's built on luck. I actually wrote it, that column. As Russell Wilson with the Seattle Seahawks. It was lucky. Right. You're lucky he was still there in the third right. round. You, you know, it's they didn't. It, if they thought he was going to turn out to be the but quarterback, but Goff is on a rookie deal and sure. he's cheap. But you you hope like heck you have to pay him. Right. No, it's a good problem to have when you have to pay him. And by right. the way, don't give me this of oh if you pay the quarterback you can't pay other guys. That's not true. You can That's pay whoever true. you want to pay. You can pay whoever you want to pay. These owners are making so much freaking money. That's why they can move on. For example, in Arizona, from a guy like Steve Wilkes. And then move on from the entire staff and then spend 33 million on quarterbacks who no longer are there anymore. You can do that because they're making so much money. And, and if you look into it a little bit deeper, cash over cap, um, th- they can figure out ways later on in the contract. And the cap's going to make up. And the cap's going to keep going and up. And now that they get digital with the gambling rights coming and everything, everything. else, it's all going up. You, yeah. you, but you better pay. If you have a franchise quarterback, you better pay him. You better pay him. So, but the question is, is Dak Prescott a franchise quarterback? Ooh, it's a it's a tough one to answer. Um, I I think he is in the sense that 
they're going to have to pay him and extend him. Now, has he proven to get the type of deal that, for example, Carson Wentz, I think, is going to get? No, he has not proven the capability of playing to that level uh, and showing those flashes of that. And and I think that it kind of you kind of saw that really before Amari Cooper got there. Like he, they needed weapons. He needed someone who could do something and separate and do something more with the football uh, afterwards. And um, but, but look, can he carry that team? If he's forced I, I to carry the team, can he carry the team? You know, it, it's hard because if you look at his fourth quarter numbers, you you'd be surprised how good he is, how clutch he is in the fourth quarter. Like not only one, you know, playing but running touchdowns and that that sort of thing. But, comebacks. but without, if Elliott's not there, can he carry the team? Um, it depends on how the offensive line's playing. Because as, as good well. as good as Zeke Elliott is, I also think their offensive line is. So, so say good. they're playing. The offensive line's playing well. Dak carry um, him. Because that's a question I, you got to ask. I, I, I don't know that he consistently can. Like, yeah, look, see. if you're trying to if you're trying to sit there and say, is he, you know, the Tom Brady's, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, no, Russell okay. Wilson, no, Russell Wilson, no, Matt Ryan, no, Matt Ryan, no, Philip Rivers, Philip no. Rivers, no. Yeah, you, you can and, go and, on and on. Well, you, look, could he be Eli Manning? No. Maybe. No. I, Eli I, Manning's I don't, top I, ten all time in touchdown passes and yards. No. But 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 Bowls. for but if you but okay but that's when he gets in the postseason. His numbers in the regular season but, are based on eyes, years played and all Brady, that. You play quarterback in this league. Your eyes tell you he's a better quarterback than, than Dak Prescott. Look, Eli Manning is a better quarterback, but can Dak Prescott have years that look similar in the regular season? Well, Andrew Eli Luck Manning? doesn't have great numbers a well, lot Andrew, of times, and he's no, much Andrew, better. Andrew Luck is much better. Right. He's not in that conversation. I don't think I, – I think Dak is 12 to 18 in that grouping. Whatever grouping you want to put him, he's in that grouping. So – is Matt Stafford's in that grouping, right? I'd put Matt ahead of Dak I would too. Um, would you put you Kirk know, Cousins ahead of, uh, of Dak Prescott? It'd be tough. They're about right, the same they're about the same. Right. Cam, Cam Newton's only the uh, same ballpark. No, Cam Newton's better than, than Dak Prescott. I, I would say that too. But, but I'd say like, I'm not sure how much higher I'm putting Cam Newton. You know, and especially so, this year coming out of the shoulder surgery and all that. Like, we'll see how he is. See, and we have a lot of young quarterbacks, so we can't put them ahead of him yet. Right. But so. Like, Garoppolo's an interesting one. He's been put, in the league long enough, but like, where do you put him? He right. hasn't played that what much. What about Baker Mayfield and Dak Prescott? Yeah, again, well, too, too early, young. right? Yeah, too early. But, but, and by the way, like, Baker's, Baker should be good. But Look pa- at all the talent he has. Patrick Mahomes is pretty early, and you take him over, <laughs> over well, Dak Prescott. Well, I mean, his first season starting, <laughs> it's like. So, but you're getting into the area. Okay. How much better is Dak Prescott than Derek Carr? I think as a passer, I, I wouldn't say Dak Prescott's better than Derek Carr. I think Derek Carr is a better passer, better thrower of the football. But who's a better quarterback? Mm, probably Dak by a slim margin. Because he has that that no, he's kind got of it, like a winner's it. mentality. Yeah. He's kind of got and that. And Derek Carr doesn't. I don't. I'm not, I'm not willing to say that yet. I think. I think. Well, he hasn't shown it. Look, I think playing for John Gruden stuff. He had. I think Rich Cannon will tell you that. I think Derek Carr will probably tell you that right now. Maybe won't admit it, but I think playing for John Gruden's tough because. You know, playing for John Gruden's about John Gruden, but it's like, it, but either way, it's a tough negotiation for the Cowboys. And if you had to pick between Cooper and Dak, you're taking Dak. Well, I'm going to take Dak for this reason though, because I actually think it's going to work out more economical in the long run, right? If you have to with Amari Cooper, you can use the franchise tag. That number is not going to be as big, and then you can kind of figure out, you know, if he proves it too more consistently this year and that you know following year. Whether or not he can be that number one wide receiver that you're looking for, I got to see it again. I'm right. one of those guys. I'm the same talking way. to people that I knew in Oakland, he he was a different guy. He, right. You know, they didn't love him in the building, the whole deal. So for me, I have to see it again from him. So I would take my chances with him, see if he has the big year. Then, like yeah, you then said, tag ten tag him. Um, all right. So Carson Wentz, you mentioned his extension. Where does that go? 
Well, if the team is smart, they'll get it done sooner rather than later because if he has the year I think he's capable of having, meaning he's healthy for all 16 games, he plays at an MVP caliber level, which we've seen before. They go to the playoffs and he makes some noise. Now he's really got you on the hook because he's a year closer to free agency. And they're going to use that franchise tag number as the floor of their negotiations. And we all know how big that number is going to be. So if if they're smart... He's getting Wilson numbers. uh, I don't know. Close. I mean, because you know, you know how it is. The next, the next gets yeah, it. No, yeah, that's that's how the, the you know economies work. You know, I, I just I think the reason why he won't get that or shouldn't get that in my mind is the injury history. Oh, that, I don't think he should. I'm not saying he should get it. I'm just saying I think he does get close to it. If that yeah, no, he'll, he'll get close to it. Yeah, I think the total value of the contract will be really close to it. But as far as guarantees and everything else. It'll be too tough for him to get the type of cash flow that Russell Wilson's going to get because Russell Wilson doesn't miss games. Right. Carson Wentz has missed a lot. So there's going to be some guarantees. And he didn't play that, that well last year when he played. No, he didn't. So does last year deter you at all, Brady, yes. from making the commitment to him? Like yes. That? Now, don't get me wrong. I might throw 60 million, you know, upfront signing bonus at him to try to get him to sign now and then put in a bunch of years and, you know, give him a five-year extension. Rather than roll the dice on if he plays a great season, right. it's going to cost you that much yeah, more Yeah, because money. it's going to cost you that much more. Right. I mean, look, any, I would too. any good front office executive will say to you, you get these guys that you really feel like have that upside and that potential, you get them two years before they can get the free agency, then we're not having this conversation. And we're not talking about potentially of a franchise tag. And all of a sudden, the floor of that negotiation could very well be $35 million per year. Is it good for him... And the Eagles that Nick Foles is no longer there. By the I fact that he's I, not I, looking over his shoulder, he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. And I think it is. No, I think it is. I think as a quarterback, and really just the quarterback room, it helps when there is a, a definitive role for each guy, and each guy understands that role. You know, there's there's guys who hang on in the NFL or as backups or third stringers that honestly shouldn't be there from a talent perspective. But they understand the role, and they help out the starter in different ways, uh, meaning whether it's their film prep Matt or showing Schaub. them different cut-up. Matt um, Schaub. Sure. Yeah, you, 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 you throw a bunch of different guys in well, I'm throwing Matt Schaub's name sure. out Sure. <laughs> um, but, but I'm just saying, like, there's there's a number of guys that, that do that because they're good in the locker room. They show up on time. They say things when there's something needs to be said. They're like coaches. They're They're like a coach that's not restricted by the CBA as far as how often coaches can be with the players. Right. It's a little bit more unlimited when you're hanging around the team, going out, you know, taking the guys out, that kind of thing. And you can kind of have them be like a guy that oversees things. Which one would you pay if you had to pick one or the other? Wentz or Prescott? Wentz. Me too. Me too. I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, look, bottom line is they're both going to get paid. Both of them are going to get paid. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. But again, I'm with you. If I'm the Eagles, I'm doing it now because I'm not taking my chances on him. Having well, you got to think about it from Dak Prescott's standpoint. You know, he wasn't a first round pick. He wasn't picked as high as Carson Wentz was. So that easy, that deal should be easier to get done. Cause if you throw 50 million, 60 million in a signing bonus or that first year, you know, that sort of cash flow and like, and total guarantees are 60, 70 million, uh, at signing, he's going to be like, you serious? Yeah, I'll take this. I mean, think about what he's been playing on compared to what Carson Wentz has been playing on, which, you know, it's a difference in millions. But the Cowboys, that's a lot. Think about it. Elliot, okay, Prescott, mm-hmm. Cooper, Lawrence got his deal. He got his deal. Uh, Byron Jones is going to end up getting a deal. Jalen Smith you're going to have to pay. Now we're talking about six guys 
big money deals, right? Yeah, there's there's going to be some casualties, right? They have to move and, on. And from the offensive those, line, they're going to have to move on from the couple of the offensive linemen, like Tyron Smith. Do you mm-hmm. move on from Tyron Smith? You're probably going to have to, yeah. or, or figure out a way of restructuring. I mean, that's the biggest thing is. Right. Then it becomes how many of those veteran guys are willing to take a discount. Um, and and, and you can don't ever re- take a discount. Well, you, it's not that you shouldn't take a discount. What you should take a discount for is if they're willing to guarantee it. If if you're making ten million and they're saying, "Hey, we'd like you to take a haircut. We only want to pay you six or seven. Okay, guarantee me it. Guarantee it for this year. Because if you've got that guarantee and they cut you at some point, so be it. You right. had six million in your pocket. Right. You know, you could have walked away with nothing but if there's nothing. Hooked. But don't take a team friendly deal. Uh, look, I'm not against taking a team friendly deal. Like if everybody again, applauds if, for if, Tom Brady taking a team friendly deal. Eh, that's a different story. And anyway. if you look at the numbers, it's not as been as team friendly as they portray it either. In the past few years, it has been, and obviously, there's a lot of people who throw out different allegations of things that have been unfounded. Yeah, but, I don't know if that's true. But at one point, he was one of the higher paid players. Correct. For year about in the three NFL. years ago, it was or four three years or four ago. Years, I think yeah. four or five. Yeah. Years. But e- either way, to that point, yeah. And, and and look, he puts different incentives in his contract. Right. That he knows he's going to hit. And so he's able to make those with some of the bonuses. Like Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Every year. Yeah. Every Put year. that in there. Oh, that's Playoffs. They have some <laughs> Likely to be earned. Super yeah. Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> Check that off the list. <laughs> but, uh, okay, let's get to one of the things that's been out there this week is Sean McVay. That's a great transition by you. The Super Bowl. Right. This past Watched Super Bowl. too much tape. And he overworked himself. And his mind became jumbled, and he wasn't the genius that everybody portrayed in the Bay. Look, he had a bad Super Bowl, period. But both offenses kind of did. But true. But is there such a thing as watching too much tape? Um, I'm not going to phrase it in watching too much tape. I won't put it that way. How I'm going to put this is there. There is overthinking things, and and that's how that's how I would have phrased it. I think. What happens is you prepare so much and you watch so much. And for the Super Bowl, you've got two weeks to prepare. So um, there's there's teams that are still making adjustments that week going into the Super Bowl. And instead of having your normal, like, hey, look, this is what this team does. This is what they are right now. And after that first week of preparation, you put it to bed. You've got some tweaks and adjustments you'll make. But you're not saying we're going to use two weeks to prepare for that opponent. There's so much tape to watch. And And, and, and I'll say this. Look. What that team was, and he referred to this in his comments, you know, thinking about a week three, what, you know, New England Patriots were doing at this point in time and, and thinking about that and how they're, and what their response was going to be if they did this and all this stuff. New England's entirely different from what they were at week three. Their defense is different. They're playing at a higher level. Sometimes even the personnel is different. So from a scheme standpoint, obviously, you know, Bill Belichick and his staff is going to change that because everything is catered around what their guys do well. And then, doing that and then trying to attack the weaknesses of your team. So um, I, I do think there is overthinking it, and I think that's really what he meant. Um, there's, there's, you know, you, you want to watch as much film as you possibly can. And, and then look, I, I think I can relate to this. Like there's times that as, as a quarterback when I was looking and I'm thinking, okay, I remember seeing this look five weeks ago. This looked like a similar look. Maybe we need to go to this play. But you have to understand there's going to be stuff that they do that they haven't shown yet. And so – Sometimes there's a gray area too, and sometimes you just gotta go out there and play. And it's the same thing as a play caller. Like sometimes you've gotta realize that the stuff you were looking at week eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, you know, is it informative? Is it useful? To some degree. But that team's changed a lot since then. And and your team's changed a lot since then. And so you've really got, I I think this is one thing that the best coaches have, have the best feel and the ability to do. They know how to make in-game adjustments and they have a feel for what their team is doing at that moment, what they need to do that next drive, what their team is doing. Right. Do you, right? right. 
Do you? Right. And they'll counter what you what we're but doing. Bottom line is, if you have a more talented roster, right. I don't, you can tell those guys what, right. what you're going to do the next play. Right. And you should you be can, able to out execute them. Right. Right. And so and so, I think sometimes coaches overthink it. Right. I agree. And, and that's what analysis I think this by was. analysis. I think yeah. that's a perfect example. No, and, and sometimes you get young coaches in the big game, Kyle Shanahan being one of them in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Got too caught up in the moment. And I think Kyle Shanahan's one of the best play callers in this league. I think he is a brilliant offensive mind. He got too caught up in the moment. And I think Sean McVay might have got too caught up in that's Bill Belichick over there, and this is me over here. I got to be even that much better. That could have been part of it. Um and, and look, I also feel like there's like an element when I'm reading all this stuff about in the film and all this prep, and I'm like, you know what I'm saying is, and, and you, you and I have had this discussion. I don't know if you agree or not, but – when you're talking about the Super Bowl, when you're talking about that moment, there are coaches who can motivate, and there's coaches who can push buttons, and they know how to do it in game. And Bill Belichick does it. Like people think because he's got this dry delivery and he's very monotone that when he's talking to teams and the silence and all that, he's not pushing buttons. That's not the case. Like he doesn't say much. So when he does, that's his way of pushing buttons. Or when he, he comes over and says something, that's his way of being fired up and him coming over and sending a message. Because they don't hear that all the time. So even though it doesn't sound, you know, very exciting or it's, it's not as fiery as some other guys, he's not making the face like old Chucky John Gruden. He's still, that's his way of doing it. And, and that's something that I think you can't look past either. Like this is it. This is the Super Bowl. It's the last game. It's all out there. To some degree, I still believe in the NFL, regardless of how old the guys are. And, and, and guys will tell you this. You can still motivate those guys. You can still push their buttons to get them to be able to execute whatever the hell you drop on paper. Because if they believe it's going to be the right play, they're going to execute. They're going to win. I, I was going to do a story at the owners' meetings on, is Bill Belichick now the greatest coach of all time? And I talked to some of his peers. And when I did, I went to the peers, and, and nobody really wanted to go on and say it. Okay, I'll put that out there. But in talking to those guys, one of the things they said was, He's the best who's ever been able to harness the us against them mentality. Every little slight out there he takes to his team and uses it to get them to play better. It's the weirdest thing because no matter what it is, it could be the smallest little thing. And coaches all know. They say he's unbelievably good at that. Now, nobody wanted to go on record and say he's the greatest coach of all time, which to me he is. I don't think there's any question about that. He's the greatest coach of all time. No, I I think he's the greatest coach of all time. Um, I think when you look at I mean, how many assistants he's lost and then had that transition, I mean, he's going to deal with it again this year. You know what some guys say, Brady, though? They go, "Eh, he has that quarterback. Yeah, and and I get that, but even then, I mean, what they've both dealt with. I mean, think about Tom and all the transition he's had to deal with. Um, who's and, more and valuable look, to that? We're going to take a break in a second, but who's more valuable to that team? I love it. It's like the chicken in the egg. No, no, it's not. In my opinion, it's the quarterback. Me too. Because, because ultimately, too. he's the one out there executing it and making it come to life. Now, granted, he can't play defense. And so the coach being able to manage and oversee it, it's, it's a really, really, really second close. Bill second. is the, Tom's arguably the greatest quarterback of all time. He's not arguably is. There's no he's one the most decorated. There's no one better. Who's Marino better? is better. Come on. Don't don't get me going on Marino. You know how his pies arms are. You lose Marino. credibility no. when you make statements. Like I, that. I would put Tom Brady number one, but I think Marino was a better passer. And if Marino was placed in the same situation, I think Rogers is a better passer than Marino. Aaron Rodgers is a better passer than Marino. Yeah, you're out of your mind, Brady. He, Aaron Rodgers might be the most talented quarterback I think we've ever seen in the NFL. Look, as I think Aaron Rodgers is fantastic. 
Dan Marino's the greatest passer who ever played. Rodgers makes throws that Dan you don't Marino see them made all those night. throws from the pocket, split second time, and with the fastest release going, but going to two but, little tiny little. But, but that's the easy thing to do is to make it from the pocket. No. It's hard when Rodgers is scrambled around. How many times does Rodgers get outside the pocket when he leaves guys through the progressions and he doesn't make the throw to them? Uh, it's because those guys aren't open, aren't separate. Yeah, static offense you were talking Look, about earlier. Dan Marino it was static. Well, static. Exactly. He has to but leave the Dan pocket. Marino. Come on, he made Mark Clayton and Mark Duper look no, good. No, look, you're an Italian. No, he grew up in friend. South Florida. Yeah, but I, I was anti-dolphin. A lot of bias. Here. I was anti-dolphin. I wasn't a no, dolphin. I'm fan. just saying. When I moved here, the year we moved to South Florida, you called Danny off. Marino. Yeah, but he's the best passer who ever played the game. No, Danny Marino is the best pure passer who ever played the game. Nope. He might not be the best quarterback, but if I had to pick and I was playing a game and I had to start my team, I'm taking Dan Marino. I am. Because that guy, nobody. If we're playing the, duck hunt, I need one quarterback throw those passes and then knock it down. It's Aaron Rodgers. No, he like always is entitled to his wrong opinion. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk some uh, power rankings, and you know Brady wants to pick my power rankings apart, like he always does. I don't know why you do, but you always like picking my stuff apart. Why do you do that, Brady? Because you're wrong. I'm always right. No, it's, I can't. I'm like Fonzie. I can't say wrong. <laughs> We'll be back on the other side to talk power rankings. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, still no Will Brinson. He's not back. When's he coming back? Is he going to? Is he ever coming back, Brady? I told him when I was young and I went. I just remember going. It's a small world after all. Like that little theme ride, and uh, I think we wrote it like ten times. I think my parents were almost going to leave us and just leave us at the It's a small world after all little ride, and that was going to be it. You want me to date myself here? Ready? Yeah. You know when I rode It's a Small World at the 1964 World's Fair in New York? Wow. <laughs> I was four years old. That was before Disney World. I think I went to Disney World at four years old. I think that's that was old before was. Disney World. Wow. There was no Disney World back then. It's a small, small world. world. I was excited about it, yeah. and then I told my dad, take me over to the baseball game. I don't, yeah, I'm done with this. My parents almost left us there. So yeah. yeah. We went to Disney when we were kids, too. It was fun. We went once. That was yeah. it. Yeah. Well, then I went, I went back for the college but, award stuff. But believe it or different. not, and this is almost funny to say, because, God, Dad, I don't know why you did this. One time they got a camper, and we went and camped at a campground up there. And I'm like, well, my family is so anti-camping. It's unbelievable. I'm like, what did he – It, was, camp it wasn't a camp outside. It was like you were inside the yeah. Winnebago or whatever, yeah. whatever it was. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, hotel, Dad, hotel. It was a cheaper option, though. Motel 6 is, is camping for me, okay? I would rather go in a camper than go to Motel 6. Not me. And I've stayed in one before, too. But like camping outside, you don't camp outside. Tent? Oh, I have before, yeah. You have? Yeah. Like awesome. in the middle? Mountains? It's all the middle of nowhere, yeah. No, not It's me. awesome. You know why I'm not. Why? We bears? No, I don't care about. I'd rather I can deal Mount with mines? the bears where you go to the bathroom. Oh yeah, well look, you you, you bring some stuff to throw it away, and yeah, you got some wet wipes and stuff. <laughs> no, yeah. thank you. Be good. No, You'll thank you. I deal with the bears before I got to go do one on the side of a tree. Oh, you, you get some, you get some, <laughs> you get some paper and stuff. Yeah, yeah, stuff to throw it in. See, no, that's not me. I'm not. I'm just not camper guy. And snakes. You know, snakes. I, they're not getting your. They're not getting your tent. They're around. I hate snakes. I always say there's, there, I used to say there's two things that scare me just 100%. Click, click in my ear and cancer. Well, there's three because I hate snakes too. Click, what did you say? Click in your ear? Click, click, like a gun in your ear. <laughs> what the 
when they <laughs> when they pull the <laughs> click click. Yeah, and, and cancer, and then uh, the third one is snakes. Did you see there was a video? They're scared are you than you are. Did them. you see there was a video on uh, on Twitter today where a guy had a snake in his light, and he went out in the front door, and he's trying to get back in, and the thing came down and bit him on his face. Just sick, sick. I hate snakes. So that's that's my three. You obviously other than looking that, for that. Other than my things, I don't. Other than those things, I'm not scared of much. All right. Okay. How about you? Are you scared of anything? Spiders? Not nothing. Really. Nothing, Brian. No. Fearless. Brady's fearless. I, I just I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I mean, I'm sure if I was in the water and I saw a shark, I'd be probably petrified. I've had at that one point. brush me in the water once. It was kind of a little it was like a sand shark. It was yeah, it was a brush me though. You yeah. know the difference between a fish and a shark. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of that either. Yeah, who is? I, I don't know anyone who's like, yeah, unless you're in a steel cage, you're okay with being around yeah, a shark. No. No. Would you do that? In a steel cage? Yeah. Yeah. I mean what the, what is the thing gonna do? Break through the steel cage and oh, eat you. Oh come on. Eat you. Might, maybe. All right, let's go through the power rankings a little bit. We'll go through the top ten. Ready? Patriots one, Packers two, Rams three, Chargers four, Chiefs five, Saints six, Eagles seven, Falcons eight, Seahawks nine, and Colts ten. And Brady's shaking his head as I go through the top ten. What's your beef there? Okay, so you're gonna think Brady I have a beef. beef. You're gonna think I have a beef for the Patriots, but I know you I know how you work. You work based on the quarterback. Yeah. All right. Usually. That's usually how it goes. Yes. So I get it. Like Tom Brady, number one, I get that. Aaron Rodgers, number two, I get that. Okay. My problem is some part of you, since we're, you just did these power rankings, is basing it off the draft and basing it off the roster. How can you explain to me that I get the, all the additions with Green Bay, but that's a lot of additions to make it work on defense. And it's a new offense with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. So it might not be smooth. And think about it. They never really addressed the wide receiver position. You're, no, you're asking the young, guys that, the young guys that got to take steps. You're asking Allison a, got hurt last year. He'll be he'll fine. He'll be back, but it's not like he's all of a sudden a world burner. I mean, Devontae Adams, you're asking a lot out of, you know, J- Jamon Moore, Valdez Scantling, you know, St. Thomas, or the Aquinas St. Brown. I mean, those. Yeah, but you, you, you're the one who props up the Bears. What are their great weapons? They've got some pretty solid wide receivers. Allen Robinson is a solid player. He's not better than Devontae Adams. You don't like the kid they drafted last shot of Memphis? Anthony, Anthony Miller? Miller, but he has to be better. Okay, the Titans so aren't just bad. Like the Trey Burton's a mismatch nightmare. Just Trey Cohen's a mismatch nightmare. Just, just like the other guy's got to be better, Brady. No, those guys already have done more than these guys have. Devontae Adams is just lucky he's in the position Devontae where Aaron Rodgers is, is his quarterback. Devontae Adams is better than Allen Robinson. Stop it. If Aaron Rodgers isn't his quarterback, you think he's better? Yes. See, Devontae Adams is better than Allen Robinson. I don't know. Yes. I don't know about that one. Oh, much better. I think Aaron Rodgers makes whoever's that number one guy better. But that's not why I, I think the offense will be better. I think the defense will be better. I think the defense is going to be much better. Much better. <laughs> they better Clark, be. Kenny Clark. This window's closing. Kenny Clark is a monster on that front. So is Mike Daniels. Mike Daniels is a heck of a player. You get Preston Smith. The kid they took out of AM, by the way, will, will get some meaningful reps. Kiki? Yeah. He's a good player. Preston Smith is a good pass rusher. Not a great pass rusher. Zadarius Smith is a good pass rusher. I think you get King in the corner. You got uh, Jer Alexander, and you have um, Josh Jackson's there too. Josh Jackson. That's a good group of corners. Right. Then you you have the safeties, Savage, Josh Jones, that, and then Adrian Amos. Which is it's kind of weird that they went with Savage, even though I, I get it. He's a hell of a player, and you don't know if Amos is going to be there for the long term. But there there are. I mean, they're, they're, and then they're Martinez is good on the inside, and they do need to get Oren Burks to step up. Yeah. He didn't play the well last year. Last so year. you add that up, that defense with Mike Pettin calling the plays, he's going to be able to be much more aggressive, and I think the corners are going to hold up. Look, I love their don't, defense. Don't get me wrong. I I think they're one of the top five teams. I wouldn't put them at two. Like, to me— Who would you put two? I would have put the, the New Orleans Saints. I think when you look at the roster, you look at what they've done the past couple of years— 
I mean, they really should have been in the Super Bowl last year. Let's be honest. They should have been. And they, they have a rookie been... center starting. True. But well, that's a concerning. Eric McCoy's going to start at center. You think maybe Nick Easton's there? We don't know. It's yeah, a free come on. We'll you, see. You, you know, they drafted McCoy. To you never start. know what happens. Somebody could get injured. Maybe he has to slide in a guard. We don't know. But likely he's going to be the starting. That's center. not necessarily a big concern for me. I think McCoy's a hell of a player. I do too. But he's so, still a rookie center. No rankings, right? Yeah, but that's on not, defense. I'm not as. I know he's a good player. I get Look, it. they need Davenport to go to the next level. Right. That's a big, big. But this, is, but this is a team again that should have been playing the Super Bowl last year. They should have they, made the NFC like Championship game. But like I said earlier, the they could have easily lost to the Eagles at home in the playoffs. They didn't though. What? And they didn't win the. They but didn't look, play the Super Bowl look, either. Look how they lost this, in the NFC Championship game. Look how they won in that game. They had right through the hands of Jeffrey. Two years ago. Look how they lost to Minnesota. I, it's okay. 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 You so mentioned those two this. losses. Can those losses be weighing on a team? Instead of helping a team, I, I think you look at the Super Bowl loss for Atlanta. It's weighed, weighed on them. I, right. I don't think they've ever gotten over it. But like the fact, but, but but also I think their approach was one in which I don't think that was the right approach. Like there's some people when they have a mistake or they have a like a scarring, which that's what that is. They'll never forget that that loss. None of them. Shanahan, Matt Ryan, none of them. And they want to be like, we're moving on. We're moving on. We're we're not thinking about that anymore. No, that's not it. You tell everyone that you're trying to play. The rest of your career to avenge that. Like, you've got to use that as motivation. That should be keeping you up at night. That should be, like, motivating you every second of every day to get back to the Super Bowl and win it because of that. And I think when people don't, like, identify stuff like that, I, I do think it gets the best of them because they don't want to admit it. And, like, nowadays, you know, we, we look at some of these teams, right? Like, um, I'm trying to think of a team that we could say, like, the Colts, for example. The Colts are a legitimate contender. You've got them at number 10. They are, and, and I actually think they're better than that. I would have them ahead of the Eagles. I'd have them ahead of the Falcons. Um, I, I'd have them ahead of the Seahawks. You, but you're counting on the big growth of a bunch of young defensive players on that team. Uh, that's part of it, but I also think their offense is good enough where it just doesn't matter. Like I think the Colts' offense has the ability to be what the Chiefs' offense was last year. Oh, I don't think it can be that. Oh, I think it can. I don't. Who's, Who's got a better offensive line? Probably the Colts. It's close. It's not though. probably. It's cl- It's close. It's close. Chiefs offensive line is pretty good. It's decent. It's not. It's not as good as. It's as pretty good. Who's got? Who's got the better quarterback? I would say Andrew Luck. He's better than Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, not by much. Patrick Mahomes has got one year. Patrick Mahomes. What's he going to be if Tyreek Hill's not there? Patrick Mahomes is better. Okay, who whose playmakers? Kelsey's better than Ebron. Right. I'll give you that. Okay. Who and else? You're assuming Tyreek Hill's there. If Tyreek Hill's there, he's better than anybody the Colts have. He's better. T.Y. Hill. Hilton's been pretty he's good, solid, though. And he's they been got, productive. But they better get stuff out of Paris Campbell right well, away. I think they will. Oh, I'm a big Paris Campbell guy. And look, Marlon Max. I mean, look, they, they've got some pieces. And I think I like their offense. Don't get me wrong. But then, Matt Everflus did a tremendous job with their defense, and I think they're only going to get better with some of the draft picks they have too, and some of those guys taking the next step. I, look, so, you can I, make a case for the Colts I, being. I'm the just top saying, like, where, where do I have them? You have them at ten. Okay. And I said I'd have them a little bit higher, but my my point is this. When you're talking about, for example, a team like the Packers or some of these guys have to take the next step, yeah, so do the, so do the Colts. I mean, so do all these teams we're talking about. I mean, think about the Patriots. Think about the guys on that roster that have to figure out how to take the next step. Who's going to fill in for Robert Gronkowski? I, I heard they like the Hollister kid. Then they trade him away. That's like, yeah. what, are, what are we doing at tight end? Uh, they got Austin Safarian Jenkins. Yeah. yeah. Again, and so what? Well, they just signed Bill Deere. Well, once they go through the car wash there, right. they're going to have a Pro Bowl caliber right, player. Right. That's they hit the free agency and they make a bunch of money. Right. And then, yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. All right. So you, you're big. Bone of contention is the Packers at number two. Yeah, look, and I'd, I'd have them top five. Are the Falcons I think too high? I think so. I think so only because, they're, again, a lot of moving parts. Like, your entire right side of your offensive line, I love what they did in the draft, but they're, all, they're both going to be rookies. 
But there's no – McGarry might not start right away. They might start Sembrilo. They paid him a bunch of money. They might start right away. We'll see. Uh, I don't – I'm not a big believer in him either. But but there's going to be three new offensive line starters. And right. That's always tough to deal with. It's tough to deal with. Dirk Cutter's coming back. Um, you know, there's going to be continuity for Matt. There's going to be the continuity pan, for You made Julio. a point on the show we did earlier. The pass rush is the biggest issue, I think. Well, yeah, because it, they didn't address it. Well, McK- and, McKinley needs to play. I thought he was going to have a breakout season last yeah. year. It didn't happen. Well, I, I would say more Vic Beasley. Like, look, if you, if you, if, if see, Vic, I never thought Vic Beasley was that good. But if, if Vic, well, he led leading sacks one year. Yeah, if you go back and look at him, there were a lot of those. Uh, he pressured him right into me, kind of sacks. Right, but but I would say this: if you look at Vic Beasley and you look at Zach McKinley, if they both walked in this room, you'd go, "Oh, Vic, that guy should have more sacks." Right? I mean, he has. He's huge. He's long. He, he's got the ability. He just. I don't know what it is. And so they didn't address it. And, and Tag McKinley's got that burst, that jump, but, you know, we'll see if he does take that step this year. Either way, they have to. And that's, that's my concern with that defense. All right. Uh, you don't buy the Chargers being the number two team in the AFC? What? No. And I, I noticed what you did there. You've got them, uh, you've got them just one ahead of the Chiefs, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, where would you put them? I'd put them there. I would. You're with me on that one. Well, because I think Tyreek Hill's not going to be there. I, I think he's going to miss a portion of games where he's just not going to be on the Chiefs this year at all. He'll be suspended. Uh, it's just, it's, it seems like it's going that direction. If he's not there, you're looking at that, that team entirely different. You know, it, it, they're going to play, they're not going to respect Hardman or anyone else that they've got right now. So that's going to change things too. I think the Chargers played great football at the end of last year. They, they had the injuries. They might have, they actually might have made the run to the Super Bowl had they been healthy. Yeah. I mean, they, they no, were no, I think that was Will Brinson's pick like two years ago. Well, he picks them every year. <clears throat> right. It's like David the Pack. No, he, he's like a fanboy about Philip Rivers. He really it's is. It's so weird. He's got like a fat head of him or something or a It's got to be a fat head or a that. Doll. Maybe they did like a doll, Philip Rivers doll or something. It's weird. He must, I think he did like the elephant walk with him. It's he was weird. Like, it's weird. You know, pledging for a fraternity. I mean, hey, look, Philip Rivers is a hell of a player. He no, really he's is. a Hall of Fame player. In my opinion. I agree, but uh, some people would say. Well, and we know Will agrees, so. Oh, yeah. Well, he's the. All right. Playoff teams from last year. Outside the top ten, Bears, you you, you hate that. Well, yeah, because you think just because Vic Fangio is there, like, oh, their defense is going to be as good. They lost Adrian Amos, like, dude. They're and they're Callahan, st- Bryce Callahan played well for them last year in the slot, right? And I think those slot guys you're referring to, uh, they're they're becoming a lot more common. Right. They're it's a hard position to play. You would admit that, yeah, to some degree. Okay, the defensive coordinators all say it's a. Uh, and, and who's the new DC? Huh? Who's their Chuck new DC? Pagano. Who you're a big fan of? I I'm love a big Chuck fan Pagano. Of. Oh, I, I, I think, think they're trying to shop. That's not why I didn't. That's not why I have the Bears. Because you're, you're worried about Trubisky. I, I am worried it. about I Trubisky. I, look, I like him. I don't love him, and that's a concern for me. I share your reservations, but he's got a tremendous play caller, Nagy. He schemes things up to make it easy on him, and when it's not there, he just takes off and runs. So it's you so think they're like the Rams were a year ago, where Goff and McVeigh hit it the first year. And then they really hit it the second year. I think they could. And, and, the, and if you really look at this team, now the biggest thing standing in their way is, you know. Green Bay. <laughs> well, Green, Green Bay and Minnesota. Well, like Green their Bay. division's tougher. The yeah. NFC West was. Well, Seattle was a playoff team last year. Right. But that defense is now starting to hit its stride. Right. right? They've added some pieces now. Like that's a team that I think should be um, in, the, in the top ten. Who? Um, Seattle. Then they are. Right. But I'd probably put them in like. You know, closer to ten. I probably put Cleveland at ten, maybe Seattle at. I probably keep Seattle with where they're at. Probably at nine. Right. No, at, yeah, they've been. All right, other teams. Cowboys at fifteen uh, in these rankings. They made the playoffs. Last yeah, it's year. funny to me is when I look back at your rankings, you got fourteen through seventeen, eighteen really, 
So Ravens, Cowboys, Panthers, Jags, Bills. That's 14 through 17. And they're all teams that have like similar, like they run and they play good defense, right? Like that's like what they're built on. You just muddle that group all together. Yeah, you just don't want all, to admit it. They're all the same. Yeah. They're all the same. <laughs> they play, uh, play ugly football. They, the they football. play ugly football. Yeah. And, so and if the like, ball bounces right, they could be a playoff division winner. If it doesn't bounce right, they could be. Well, and, that's, and that's why you've got them literally pegged right around that midpoint of the rankings. And the Vikings are there too. And, but the Texans. You got the Vikings at 20. Uh, that, that, you know, here's the thing is, that's so disrespectful. Well, who are they better than? That group right there, who are okay, they Okay, I'll go through the list. Um, the Vikings are, uh, first off, the Vikings are better than the Falcons. The Vikings, in my opinion, are... The Vikings are better than the Falcons? Yes. Wow. I don't see that at all. They've been a much more consistently successful team than the Falcons. Not with their Kirk Cousins, they haven't been. Well, that's what that's the problem, is you hate Kirk Cousins. No, I, I, Matt Ryan's a much better player than Kirk Cousins is. I, I'll give you that. I don't like to say much better, he's a better player. Um, you put Kirk Cousins with that situation, and, and maybe you get a similar result. Mm. I disagree. Okay, but you yeah, say they're better like than the Falcons. You say they're better than the Falcons. Yeah, they're better than the Ravens, Cowboys, Panthers, Jags, Bills, Texans. Like literally from fourteen down, all those teams you have in See, front of. See, I think I, when I think you get to fourteen, fifteen, no, sixteen, way, seventeen, it's not about Cousins for me. You're disrespecting their defense. Like Mike Zimmer and his defense and the job they did. They weren't as good last year. I get that, but they're also a really good football team. They're more more of a complete football team. And, and going back to the Bears conversation, we joked about this, but it's true. If they hit some field goals, different season for them last year, probably different season this upcoming yeah, season. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just not – I think the Vikings offensive line is a major question mark. Um, and, I mean, there's just issues there for me. That's why – look, I think you can lump 14, 15, 16, 17, back, baby. Oh, so they're going to run gonna that. He's going to sprinkle that, that, that zone magical run. Pist- pixie dust that it's uh, going to maximize their ability. Just position blocking. All right, there Let you Dalvin go. Dalvin Cook find the scene play action pass off of it. You don't have a gripe with the Texans at 19, though, which is interesting because a lot of people no, – I hated would, their draft. Yeah. And, I didn't and, hate it. I hated it. They're not, they're not, they have problems protecting that quarterback. They have real big problems. And they just went to two guys, one from Alabama State and one from Northern Illinois to answer those problems. I mean, your first round picks have to step in day one. I get it. No, I did hear that Howard, there were a lot of teams that were high on Howard that would have taken him in the first round too. It wasn't, they weren't alone in that. But it's still a big jump. Teams come out after the fact and talk about that. It's still a big jump. It's still a big jump. Yeah. All right. The Bills, 18. I have them up to 18, up six spots. I'm a Bills guy, man. Because you're a Josh Allen guy. I'm a big Josh But I'm also, I think Sean McDermott gets the most out of little. And I think when he has, now he has more players, I think he's going to get even more out Look, of Look, they've got a good defense. I mean, bottom line is, now their draft was pretty solid. It wasn't like wild about some of the picks after the first But they got a starting couple. guard. In starting forward, guard, starting D-tackle. Starting D-tackle. Running back is going to pitch in in the mix. Right. Like, like Devin Singletary is going to pitch in. But Knox might help them in the passing he, game. Yeah, he was actually one of the more underrated tight ends, at least right. from a from a pass catching passing. Yeah. yeah. So I get it. Like, you know, there's some picks that are going to be able to help that And they team. had a good free agency class. I mean, it was solid across the board. So I think they addressed Yeah, they got Antonio helping. Brown, right? They No. Well, they did for a day, right? <laughs> that, the best thing that happened to them is not getting him. Honestly, for that culture, that team, yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I can't, and for the life of me, I can't figure out why they were even going after him. What you're building with that quarterback and trying to build, you can't have Antonio Brown tearing that down. I, come on, you can't fault a team for trying to get a guy who's been more productive than any receiver for six, I past could. six years. I could. With the way that team is being built, I could have, I could. By the way, Robert Foster, sleeper wide receiver for fantasy players out there this year. I think he's going to have a monster year catching the football. I hope he will. Um, there's, there's more to that story. Because you remember Brian Dable had him when he was at Alabama. Right. And he didn't get a lot of touches and looks when he was at Alabama. Right. And so, look, he's got speed. He's got big playability. He's not a consistent pass catcher. And sometimes he has a hard time understanding the offense. So 
you know, if push comes to shove, like he might not have as big of a year as you want. Cause I don't know that, you know, maybe they, they trust him as much. Well, so. he, he, he can run the go route, right? Give me like seven, eight touchdowns. It's a lot. Jeez. He can fly, man. No, I get it. They got some other guys are going to fly. How many McKenzie touchdowns did he fly. have last year? I don't know. I think how many t- touchdowns did Robert? We'll get, we're going to get uh, our crack producer, Eric, to check on that. But I, I think it was four or five. No, you just said eight. And no, now next you're, year. Now, now you're, now you're no, I said out. next year eight. He had three. Three. So progression. Give him five. He'll have eight. <laughs> I'm a big believer in the Bills for next year. Not so much this year. I think this year they're going to be a, like an eight and eight, seven nine team. But I think next year they'll push for more. Are the Dolphins the worst team in the league? See, and here's the thing is you're basing this off of like this is my gripe at the beginning. If you're if you're basing everything off of New England Patriots on paper looking like the best team, um, then that's what you're basing this Dolphins team off of. You're saying looking at them on paper, they're the worst team. And so I, I think based on that, yes, they're trying to rebuild right now. Now, I love the trade for Rosen. Me too. The value in it, what is left on his contract, even Pam, what he could be long term for too. them. I love their draft. Me too. I love the Christian Wilkins pick. But Dieter, I think they got two on the offensive line. Those guys are going to start right away. Rosen's going to play a lot. They don't have a ton of weapons to help him out, but I think he's a good fit for Chad O'Shea's system. So, and they'll be feisty. Right. Flores will get them to play feisty. They'll be competitive, man. Right. It, it's going to be a, a much better situation. Well, somebody's got to be the worst team. Right. And that's where I feel like, you know, you're going to, I'm not as optimistic about Buffalo or the Jets in this division. I think that New England, if they win 12 games, 13 games, whatever you think, uh, 11 or 12 probably, the other teams might finish like 7 and 9, 7 and 9, you know. Four and twelve, something like that. They're going to be four and twelve. The Dolphins, maybe, maybe a little better. Yeah. Well, I look. There's a case to be made that they'll be the worst team. Yeah. I mean, there's a case to be made. Somebody has to be the worst team. Who would you put the worst team? Well, it wouldn't be the Giants. I mean, I think. Okay, so who's going to be the worst team? The Cardinals are the biggest wild card. Because here's the thing that here's here's what happens with they drafted the 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 football god man. They first pick overall. Look, if Kyler Murray gets hurt though, like what do you do then? Brett Hundley. Don't forget, there's going, to be a court, system. there's going to be a quarterback competition in training camp. Remember, they oh, said he has, <laughs> look, uh, you're making no, you're making fun of the comments from Kingsbury and all that. Like, look, bottom line is Kingsbury played quarterback in the NFL. He he was there for a little bit, and I think he understands that you lose the locker room if you just give away jobs. And so, does everyone assume that Kyler Murray is going to be the guy? Yeah, but let him prove it. Let, played, let him convince Larry he Fitzgerald. Played the NFL about as much as I did. How many passes did Kingsbury? It doesn't for? matter. He's he's actually been in a locker room. Actually, <laughs> I've been in the like, locker room too. I just never played in the locker room. Right. Well, no. See, the locker room <laughs> is actually the locker room when you leave. Yeah. When you're with the media and you leave, that's when the locker room turns into the locker room. Yeah. You know, the locker room was always when okay. I was around. How many of those fun. players did you shower with, Pete? I don't none. Okay, so you weren't a part of the locker room then, none. were you? All right. Oh, so if you shower with them, you're part of the locker. Room. I mean, that's part of the it's wow. part of the duty. It's part it's part of what comes along. How many Kingsbury two? So he's got two more than I do. He's, and he's completed one more. Than but he spent like what three years in the league? I yeah. Think? No, he's been with the Patriots. He understands. He understands. He learned to pay. But, but you get what I'm saying. Like that's one thing veterans hate is if someone just gets given something, and, and literally they'll say, "Are you kidding me? Like screw this guy." And then that's the one thing Cliff can't afford to do. They signed a lot of guys in free agency. If he all of a sudden comes out and's like, "Yeah, we're gonna throw this guy in there," like, and, by right. the way, why show your hand? I mean. Right. It's the one game of the year you don't have to tell anyone until you have to put. Come on, Brady. Everybody knows he's starting on opening day. Everyone knows it, but you don't have to say it. So So, why would you? So what do you mean? Don't. What would Bill Belichick do? What? Huh? What would Bill Belichick do? He wouldn't. If he was in his shoes, if he was in Cliff's shoes, what would he do? 
He played him the whole time, and he, you know he was the starter on opening day. Yeah, but he wouldn't announce it until he had no, to, right? You don't have to announce it. Exactly. So why but, why announce it? But there's no secrets. Everybody knows he's going to start in week one. Okay, but you don't have to say that. This is a guy who's he's talking like a player again. No, I'm talking yeah. like like Bill Belichick or any coach would. Yeah, well, Bill Belichick doesn't say much of anything. He's boring with the media, right? We, we you probably, Do you like him or do you hate him because of that? Um, it makes I your respect, job tough, doesn't it? I respect him. I give him great respect. I think when you talk football, Bill Belichick, he's one yeah, of the greatest up. interviews ever. When you ask him questions in a setting, he's terrible. And, I, you know, to me, it's a point pointless to ask him questions in a setting. You're not going to get anything out of him. So you just what do you mean in a setting? Like mean? in a media setting where he, oh. he doesn't give time on the site. He's not one of those guys that's going to make time for you. Like I would love to spend the day on Cape Cod with Bill Belichick in the summer. Just me and him talking old football. Mm, sounds great. Huh? Sounds kind of romantic. Well, it's not romantic. We play golf. I mean, no, it's have sounds, a few beers, talk football. It's like a football romance. We can talk about – I read every book I can get on the guy. I'm fascinated with him. Yeah. I am. But it doesn't mean he doesn't have flaws. And one of the flaws is the fact that he's boring to the media. He's, I mean, look, have fun with it, right? Enjoy it. I think he does. What do you call it? Flip face or snap face or whatever he calls yeah. it? He, he, he knows better way. than that. Of course. He knows better. A than guy that. who's that smart and knows everything that he knows, he of course knows what it's Snapchat or Facebook, or whatever. See, this is funny right here. This is a quote from Doug Flutie. The thing that amazed me was the amount of information Bill would take in early in the week to prepare the game plan. He had people reading every article, every comment that comes from an opposing locker room gets read, filtered through. The amount of information that you can pick up from the uh, interviews the other players are doing and things that they say about a game plan, they don't mean to be telling it, but there is a lot of information that can be given away. I can reference this with one of the guys that's just like him, Tom Coughlin. Yeah. Because I covered him, and he used to go nuts because I would reveal stuff in the newspaper, and he would scream about it, yell at me. You're giving Tampa our information. And I said, Tom, everything's out there. Everybody knows. There are no secrets in the NFL. Well, the coaches would like to think, though, that they'll keep it a secret as long as possible. Because what that does is it then changes the, the practice schedule, changes how they go about preparing them. And so let's say you can keep it a secret until Saturday. Guess what? They can't practice it anymore. The best you can do is maybe walk through it if you have enough time to end in petting or, or maybe it's just a discussion. So – if you can do that, if you can force, um, if you can for or not give the media anything so that your opponent doesn't have any chance, then you you at least give yourself a better chance for success because they might know it's coming, but they're not really that prepared for it. So that's but every that's, one of these guys of says they don't read anything and they read everything. Well, of course. And, and let me tell you, you know this, Brady, the clip package that was given out every day yeah. at the facility to every yeah. coach and Players every too. player. Yeah. And they'd flip it, they give it to him and hey, here you go. And it's every word that's written about the entire team or the opponent you're playing that week. Right. Here's your clip package. And they always say, I don't read it. Well, yes, you do. You and, read and it. As a player, honestly. You, I, you I, might not have read it. No, I didn't give a <laughs> because, ooh, can't say that. Uh, but beep! In all, in all honesty, like I didn't care because it, it was like, whoa, whoa, okay. Like I don't need motivation. Like I, I've got too much prep to do. I've got other things that are on my mind that I'm trying to prepare for. And so if you want to pass that but out, not motivation, because I always used to argue with coaches about that all the time. There's yeah. bulletin board material. It's the dumbest thing ever. Right. If it was, it's going to make you play harder then you're not playing up to your potential anyways. Right. I'm talking about like information, like no, no information. You're right. I mean, right. no, you'd, you'd read about little things like right. that. Hey, Cause here's the thing is honestly, there are some dumb guys. Dumb guys in the league, 
and they are willing to say things that like really kind of tells you what their game plan is going to be or what they're thinking. Well, and coaches, I, coaches really. Are, I'll be honest with you. The, you know, they're football brilliant, but a lot of people say that if they weren't football coaches, they'd be teaching PE somewhere. Right? I mean, isn't, <laughs> I, I like I can't for the life of me, I can never imagine why coaches would get so upset with writers writing something when you went into the profession thinking you were going to be coaching PE um, and you're coaching high school football. Okay, for starters, <laughs> coordinators, head coach, most of the guys who achieve those positions in the college NFL, those guys are smart and savvy enough people. No, they're smart people. There's, but there's some people who end up being just kind of position coaches their whole time. I'm not saying coaches are dumb. Why. I'm saying they're football-centric. Right. Right? I mean, life sometimes doesn't get in the you way know, of football-centric life. Yeah, they, they, they miss the big picture sometimes. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Now, here's how coaches are dumb. Ready? I'm going to give you a dumb coach thing. They close practice. Okay? And I used to tell this to Coughlin all the time. I said, why would you coach close practice? So you're not out there watching it. Okay. But if practice was open, the rules were you could never write anything. You saw in practice. Right. But if practice is closed and I stand in the parking lot and a player comes out and tells me, Hey, player X moved to guard today. He's going to start at guard on Friday or Sunday. I can write that. Right. And I used to. And it used to drive him nuts. And I'd tell him, you're the one who closed practice. Open practice. So every coach now, what do they do? Yeah. They close practice. Yeah. They leave themselves open to reporters finding out the information anyways. Which is which is kind of funny um, because then it would kind of hold you, though, to a certain standard of – you know, would you actually be able to do your job knowing that you know the information you'd, of who you'd have guard to. and all that? You'd have to. But he just said it. It's even if no, no. I'm saying even if you open it to practice, where you could sit there and watch, you can't report if you're not allowed to write anything. Correct. There. Correct. And so that's how do you, why you would open it. That, but I get that strategy. I understand. I'm with you on this. But I'm saying, how many writers would abuse that? Well, the problem is old, they would leak it to someone else. The old time writers might not have. Uh, they, the trust would have been there, yeah. but that's the gone. There's too many. There's too many. Yeah. There's too much stuff out All there. These now. Damn millennials. Yeah, right. They ruin everything. Don't it's they? actually Generation Z, I think. Not <laughs> the millennials. Whatever. What is it? It's, it's Generation Z. I think it's Eric's the worst Generation one. Z, isn't he? You're, no, I think you're a millennial, aren't you? Oh, you're on the edge there. Yeah, you're on the edge. Yeah. You're cutting edge. That's what you are. Speaking of cutting edge, we got to get out of here because right. you know why? Willie Boy's coming back next week. So who, really? who's filling in the rest of the week? That's what I want to know. There you go. You got the whole gang coming in tomorrow, and then Breach the- told me an amazing story about a Britney Spears concert. I think he literally bought a ticket and went by himself. He did. That's a true story. He is a weird bird now. I kind of love him though. Well, what about the combine? We were at the combine, and he drove home to Nashville because it was his wife's birthday. Took her out to dinner, and then came back to, to the combine. That's just a good husband. Yeah. That's a good husband. That's, that's a little that's a much. Guy. That's a little much. Is he married to Britney Spears? No, but it was his, first, it's his first year of marriage. So in year 10, he probably doesn't do that. Well, yeah, but why not do it now? <laughs> you know? What was that, six? Six? That's a, that's a devoted guy. That's a devoted guy. Good for, good for him. And we're good devoted, too. still exists. And uh, you know who's not devoted? Will Brinson, because he's not here. But he'll be back <laughs> next week. See ya.